This is the Amadon Planet Podcast, Episode 1. The purpose of the Amadon Planet Podcast is to learn. To learn how to be better and ultimately how to teach better. My intent is to pull out ideas from books, interviews, other podcasts, basically any content that is out there, and consider how to apply those ideas to being better and teaching better. Ultimately, the goal of the podcast, and my own personal goal, is to lead people to love others through learning and teaching. And just a little sidebar to those out there who say, I'm not a teacher, Joel. Is your podcast for me? And I would say, enthusiastically, yes. As people who interact with others, we are all teachers, even if teaching is not your profession or in your specific job description. If you are a parent, a supervisor, a student, a friend, a teammate, anyone who engages in a social setting where learning can occur, which is just about any social setting, seriously, then teaching is occurring as well. So that is just a big explanation to say that if you are interested in getting better and being someone who others can learn from, then I believe this is a great podcast for you. So just to, I mean, you're already listening, so just to give you a little reassurance. But a reminder, full episodes of the Abaddon, Abaddon Planet podcast are published, published on the first Thursday of the month with the bonus episodes to follow on the second Thursday of the month. I've also added in a warm-up episode which drops one week in advance of the full episode or the last Thursday of the month. So basically you have kind of this episode sandwich where there's a warm-up that leads into the full episode and then the bonus that follows where we'll answer questions and kind of preview the next content. So for each month's featured content, you've got three opportunities to engage with it. So, But speaking of featured content, let's dive in. The featured book for this episode is when the scientific secrets of perfect timing by daniel pink so i'm giving this episode the title when is a why basically the idea that timing is something that we need to take seriously it's a reason for things happen that's why it's a why so that's why when is a why so we need to take our timing seriously in thinking about how we engage in our lives and remembering the focus of this podcast our teaching so daniel pink is uh is an author of a number of best-selling books which have a theme of helping influence people or direct people toward maximizing their potential within their lives or occupations. So if you look at his bio on danpink.com and you go to the About page, you can see his list of books. I mean, so when is his latest book? And then he has To Sell as Human, The Surprising Truth About Moving Others, Drive, The Surprising Truth About What Motivates Us, so two surprising truths, so you can check out those. And then he has A Whole New Mind, Why Right-Brainers Will Rule the Future. And then he, this is an interesting book, The Adventures of Johnny Bunko, The Last Career Guide You'll Ever Need. And, and, and this is a quote taken straight from the, his website. It's the first American business book in the Japanese comic, comic format known as manga, and the only graphic novel ever to become a Business Week bestseller. So that's interesting. And The Free Agent Nation, The Future of Working for Yourself. So he's got six books. So he's definitely an established author. And I was exposed to this book in a number of podcasts. So, I mean, it seems like this book has gotten a lot of traction because I have heard it on a number of podcasts and I've seen it in different places. But maybe that's that kind of that illusion. Like, you know, when you have a certain car that you've been looking at purchasing, you start seeing it all over town. Maybe that's it. But I, it seems like this book is being talked about a lot. And I have heard Daniel Pink on a number of podcasts, which led me to purchase the book myself. Um, he has a great interview with Donald Miller on the StoryBrand podcast, which I will link to in the show notes, which you can find at AmazonPlanet.com forward slash episode one if you're interested. 
So the book is organized into three parts. So there's part one, which is called The Day, which is kind of takes off from where the warm-up to this episode uh, stopped, where we were talking about chronotypes. So The Day really thinks about the idea of chronotypes and how you are designed with the different energies that you have. And we'll talk about this later and like how in a day you have a certain pattern to your energy. And that really thinks about how do we be mindful about our individual days, right? So that's part one. Part two is talking about beginnings, endings, and in-between. So anything that has a kind of a lifespan. So it could be a basketball game. It could be a season. It could be a, um, a class. It could be um, a single class session. It could be anything, a career, it could be anything that has a beginning, an ending, and stuff in between, obviously, Uh, and really thinking about the timing that exists in there. And the last one, the last section is called syncing and thinking. So that's really about how groups get in sync with each other. So think about their timing as a group. So in it, he has examples of um, uh, a rowing team, a choir, and like these I think they're called Dabwalas, uh, Dabwalas, which are these uh, folks in India who collect home-cooked meals from homes where the person that's working in the city has already left, right? So they go and collect these lunches, basically. So this all these this group of people, they go and collect all these lunches, and they, they've got some coordination down where they collect them all, they redistribute them to the people that are going to the certain office buildings in town, they ride the train down, and they deliver them so that they are, these lunches are on these people's desks right when lunch is being, should be served, right? So it's all about the timing of that group, which I, I guess it's the accuracy of that, that group of Dabwalas, again, I hope I'm saying that right, is... Amazing, and so he talks about the timing of that, and then also the rowing team and the um, and the choirs. All right, so thinking about timing from that perspective each, as well. So each chapter minus the last chapter is followed by uh, a time hacker a time hacker's handbook, which is basically an application guide with more practical tips and methods for bringing the content into your own um, into your own context or situation. For example, he has more detailed ways of tracking, so you can get a more detailed picture of your chronotype following uh, the day chapter, the chapter that talks about the day or your chronotype. Anyway, so that's how the book is organized. But before I jump into the big ideas that I'm pulling out of the book, just a quick disclaimer, in no way will I be able to communicate the whole value of the book. And even if I did, it would be from my perspective. So in other words, if you like what you hear, go get the book yourself. You've been good. Seriously, go buy a book. Links to purchase the book can be found at amadonplanet.com forward slash episode one or seek it out wherever you buy high quality books like this one. If possible, try to support your local bookseller like Square Books here in Oxford, Mississippi, which is where I purchased this book. All right, so let's get into it. Given the limitation of time, I have three main ideas that I want to talk about. And one of them might be two ideas, but we're going to stick it into three. Three main ideas. So one is called manage the energies, right? And that is plural, manage the energies. Two, end well. Three, sinking is a superpower. So manage the energies, end well, sinking is a superpower. So these are the ideas that I want to talk about. So first, let's talk about manage the energies. So before I read this book, I had already been converted 
in, from someone who manages his time to managing my energy. So I had this realization that it's not just about squeezing every single moment, but thinking about when those moments are and that certain moments are more valuable than others, right? So not all time is created equal and I needed to do things when my energy was good. But the ideas in this book took that idea to another level when I thought about managing energies of differentiating the types of energy I would have during the day and think about when best to do specific kinds of tasks. So in the warm-up to the episode, I talked about chronotypes and how you could identify your chronotype and what that meant for how you might work best during the day. And again, if wherever you found this podcast, you can find that warm-up to episode one in there. But anyway, we talked about um, the different types and the different types of energy that you would have during a day. So everyone has a peak, a trough, and a recovery or rebound period. So a peak is when your brain is firing on all cylinders, you're going to have sort of this kind of analytical energy that you can use. So really need to focus in on something. So spreadsheets or when I'm thinking about pulling in different ideas from a bunch of different places, and I kind of got to keep them straight in my head. I want to be at my peak. Okay. So that's there. Then the trough is when you're kind of that worn down, you're like just dragging, you can barely keep your eyes open. Yeah, maybe that time that's like slightly after lunch, right? Or the recovery and second wind is, for me, it would be that after lunch period, like so, okay, I've maybe even had that just worn down experience. I'm getting into that second wind and that's really this creative or really could even be more energy, but it has, your brain has less energy, right? It's later in the day. So less limitations on your, on your brain. So it's more, again, more uh, creative thinking that can happen within that recovery period. So larks, owls, and third birds. So how those, how those kinds of periods of energy, so your peak, your kind of trough or uh, your worn down period or your recovery and second or second wind period, those three types of energies happen differently with larks, owls, and third birds. So larks and third birds is going to be in that order. Your peak is going to happen in the morning. Your worn down will happen probably somewhere after lunch, and then you're going to have that recovery or second wind in the afternoon, right? And then, but for owls, it's going to be flipped where your recovery period is actually in the morning. So that's why it's kind of weird to talk about recovery. But that's when you're going to have that creative and good energy. Your brain's not firing in all cylinders. So good for brainstorming, good for thinking of creative sort of tasks. Have that trough. And then in the later part of the day is when you're going to have that peak or analytical period. So that's where, you know, the the owls or night owls, like that's kind of their, the way they're set up. And so the what I take from this is that to work within your chronotype and is to be mindful of the types of things that you're going to do and when you're going to do them. So, for example, for me as a teacher, if I'm going to think about aligning standards to the things that I'm teaching, I'm not going to do that in the afternoon. I'm going to do that in the morning. Well, that's going to be like some really my motor needs to be really going well in order to think about that versus or grading something and getting really detailed with my grading or in the afternoon might be something where I want to be more creative brainstorming. So thinking about how could I launch, you know, creatively launch a lesson or what might be some different ways to shake up groups or what might be a different like a uh, uh, structure to use to teach. So if I want to use 
like maybe a jigsaw where different groups are learning different things and they're putting it together, but I want to have a different way of organizing them and I don't know how to do it. I'm going to brainstorm that, that I would do that in the afternoon. Um, Another thing too, like just with this podcast, I know that I'm better at recording this podcast in the afternoon where I can be more creative with my talking. If, if I'm doing this in the morning, I'm not as good, right? So I'm too analytical. I'm thinking, oh, that wasn't said just right. It wasn't perfect, right? So that's, that's bad for doing this kind of work. I need to be doing it more in the later part where if I veer off script, I'm not like hitting stop and like, oh, delete everything because it's bad, right? I have to think about how best I operate. Now, in teaching, you also want to think about or, you know, working with others, you also want to think about, well, how do they best operate, right? And when might be the best time for to do certain types of teaching, okay? So I saw this actually with my um, my uh, daughter's teachers. They were two teachers. They One taught English language arts and social studies. The other one taught math and science. And they've been, uh, you know, basically they have two classes. One of them would teach the in the morning and, you know, their subject in the morning, and then they'd switch the classes and they would basically do the same thing with the other class in the afternoon. Well, what they're finding is those two times, the, the, the amount of time might be equal, but what happens in those times is not equal, right? Like they can get so much more done with the class that they have in the morning than, what they, than that's the, the switch class in the afternoon. And so what they've been doing is, They've been parsing up the morning like, okay, I get a little bit of the morning. You get a little bit of the morning with each other. So they do a little like a mini switch in the morning. And that's what you have to do. You have to be creative and thinking about, okay, if we know that a majority of our students are going to be more focused in the morning, what is the focus work that we can do that's in the morning? And maybe then leave like some more creative, like creative writing. Why do creative writing in the afternoon? right? Or some uh, creative problem solving. So where they're going to do things in context and they have to be, they have to have that creative energy in order to solve the problems. They have like the, the specifics, the real academic part done in the, not, well, it's all academic part, but the, you know, the, what am I trying to say? More of the, you know, functional sort of learning in, in the morning but then do that like creative sort of stuff in the afternoon. So I might teach more grammar in the morning and then do the creative writing in the afternoon. I might teach more about like how do you do certain algorithms and things in the morning, but then like we're going to use that knowledge in the afternoon or teach definitions in the morning and then use those definitions in the afternoon, right? So anyway, this idea of chronotypes and working within your chronotype or even thinking about being knowledgeable about the chronotypes of others and use your the agency that you have within your schedule to really own that time. So for me right now, uh, really needing to own my mornings and take control of that time and know that that time is really, really valuable if I want to do some writing or do some uh, spreadsheet work or whatever I'm trying to do that's really hyper detailed. And then knowing the afternoons, I want to use that for more creative endeavors. Okay, so thinking really being knowledgeable about what time that I, what times that I use for what tasks. There you go. And I'm curious about you know if you did anything with the warm up about how you might have thought about your day maybe a little bit differently after you, after you thought about chronotypes or if you've read this book too. Um, that'd be a good thing to post on the Amazon Planet uh, podcast Facebook page. Anyway. So the second, second thing I want to talk about is this idea of um, 
recess being the perfect break, okay? So this is actually within the managing the energies. Like you're going to have a trough. There's no doubt. You're going to have a trough in your day. You're going to have that part where you're dragging. And sometimes you just, you can't like go and take a nap, right? So we don't, unfortunately, we're not living in a place where, uh, you know, the idea of an afternoon nap is still, you know, still something that is widely accepted, right? Versus it probably should be because we'd probably be a, a lot better off, but uh, we don't have that, right? And so, you know, but if you do, if you are able to take a nap, um, they talk about in the book that naps are awesome and they don't have to be that long, like 10 minutes, 10 minutes could be enough, you know, a little, little cat nap, a little power nap, and even has this thing called a nappuccino. And I want to talk more about a nappuccino, but that's a really good idea for how you can use coffee and a nap in a really good, productive way. Also, another way to mitigate the trough is to have a good lunch, probably the most important meal of the day, sorry, breakfast, but a good lunch that's going to provide you with good energy um, to, again, mitigate that um, trough. But then thinking about breaks, okay, and this is getting into this idea that a good break is going to help you recover quickly as well and also going to bring your energy back up. And one of the things they talked about in some of the research that Daniel Pink talked about is that breaks that are outside social and disconnected from whichever you're doing. So outside, social, disconnected is ideal. So if if I'm working in an office, if I could go outside, right, go for a walk outside, go with somebody and don't talk about work, I'm in a good spot. That's a good thing to do. Now think about this. You know what that's called? That's called recess. That is recess. And that is one of the best things that we can do to mitigate that break, right, or mitigate that trough, to take the edge off the trough is to have recess and to think that's one of the things that we're taking away and we're putting more more math and more uh, more subjects into the day when and we're taking away these breaks when that might be the best thing to do. There is a story um, I saw recently about a, I believe it's an elementary school in Texas that just like double recess and they've seen all these sorts of um, benefits to that, like academic benefits, other benefits to just just double recess. Like that could be the one thing that you could do to really affect your uh, what's going on in your school. So think about recess being a perfect break. And if you're not someone that works in a school, think about, hey, how can I get a little recess into my day? If I know I'm dragging, like don't just fight it. Just don't grab a cup of coffee. Do something about it. Take, take a little cat nap. Make sure you get a good lunch. Get outside. Get social. Get disconnected. Like, again, be mindful about these things. So don't just let the trough happen, but try to manage it. Manage your energies, okay? Second learning, like talked about, is this idea of ending well, okay? Um, and this is from the part two, and there's lots of stuff in part two about the idea of beginnings, endings, and everything in between. But this idea of ending well, that to end on an upswing, so whatever the ending is, try to end on an upswing. So I, that just got me thinking about how a class, a unit, a semester, uh, working with a team, whatever. How do you end well? And sometimes things just end, and you kind of left like, oh, that just ended. It wasn't, you know, maybe it was good in between, but how does it end well, right? And so thinking about um, my own experience, I had a uh, cooperating teacher, uh, so someone who I served underneath when I was still in college to learn kind of that final phase of learning how to teach. So it's kind of like an internship, basically. So when I was a student teacher, that's another word for it, I was a student teacher, and his, this guy who I was a student teacher under was named Joe Dye. He was a football coach at, uh, and math teacher. He was a math teacher and a football coach. 
in Janesville Parker, uh, Janesville Parker High School uh, in Janesville, Wisconsin. And he called his tests and quizzes written learning celebrations. I love that. Written, like, he's like, I've never given a test in my life. I've given written learning celebrations. And it, it, was, it looked like a test. They looked like a quiz. But it was just this thing, idea that, hey, we're going to celebrate. We're going to celebrate this, uh, this unit on Thursday. We're going to celebrate this lesson uh, on Tuesday. You know, this idea of a celebration and to think like, what does that mean for us as students? And yeah, they might have saw that it was just a name, but the idea of a celebration. So it's just one little thing like, hey, we're going to celebrate. And how'd you do in your celebration? Just changing the name. That could have been one thing. So I've taken that and kind of adapted it for myself. And really think about what does it mean to celebrate? right? To celebrate what we have learned, right? It's not testing to see what you don't know, but it's celebrating what you do know, what you did learn from the situation, right? And so thinking about a celebration, think about it, let's celebrate what we've understood uh, from the class or even thinking about it from, you know, now I teach at a college, a semester exam for my classes is not, you know, you know, with a multiple choice, you know, bubbling in a bunch of stuff or a blue book. It's really you show me what you've learned so we can celebrate it as a group. And we do that with a number of ways through like portfolios or through um, showing how what they've learned aligns with objectives. But really, again, celebrate like, wow, we have learned a lot. I want my students to walk away saying, wow, I have learned a lot from this class or this unit, this lesson. And to really think about how do you end a class? How do you end a unit? How do you end the day? And that also goes into you know, ending well, ending your own day. Like today, I want to like look at my uh, planner where it says, hey, record the podcast. I want to be able to check it off. And so I can see like, what have I done today? What have I accomplished? And a lot of people now talk about like having some sort of big three. I've seen Donald Miller and Michael Hyatt. They've talked about this idea of having a a big three for the day that, hey, at the end of the day, these are the three things you want to accomplish. And that at the end of the day, you can check off those you know, to go through and say, wow, look at what I've done today. I've done this. I've done this. I've done this. Or look at my planner. Like I met with these people and these people left with these saying, I had this great conversation and well, and well. Right. So I think that's another thing that's good is like this idea of having an upswing is going to leave you with a great taste in your mouth for the day or whatever that thing is that ended. And so that you feel encouraged to go forward with the next thing. Right. So let's end well. And the idea of celebrations, I like to talk more about that. And actually, I'm going to talk a little bit here in the next learning. Sinking is a superpower. So final thing is from the final part, uh, talking about this idea of sinking or having the timing of a group, like in sync. One thing they talked about was this idea of like choirs uh, being in sync and like singing together is like really beneficial. And he has a lot in there about the benefits of being in a choir and says like, uh, yeah, there's a lot there. So if you want to, again, check out the book. There's more into it about that. But this idea of sinking. And there's something that people sink to. So when they talked about the, the Dabwalas, the, the people that deliver lunches, like they have to sink to the train. The train that takes them all downtown uh, to deliver the lunches, that is the boss, right? So you sink to a boss. Uh, for, you know, like a teacher, you could be sinking to a clock or a curriculum, possibly like there's something it doesn't necessarily the boss doesn't necessarily have to be a person but it could be something again like uh when the train leaves or uh like you know the bell schedule in a uh, classroom or the curriculum whatever there's some sort of thing that you sync to and then there's you could sync in as a um and he talks about syncing together as a tribe 
right? And so you could have certain codes. Like, for example, uh, my classroom, we do use the word celebrations to talk about our learnings, or we talk about this idea of um, doc conversations, which are interactive web-based documents where we have our discussions, kind of like a discussion board or a, um, that you'd see in like a like on Facebook or something like that, but I would do them within interactive documents or Google Docs, basically, and we call those doc conversations. So there's certain lingo that we have, and you can think about your own job. You have certain lingo. I just watched the movie Office Space, and they talked about TPS reports, right? TPS reports had something, meant something in the office in Office Space, right? And there's certain garb or touches, you know, so I'm a professor, so there's, maybe there's certain garb for being a professor and whether or not I wear that. And then there's certain touches like high fives and things like that that you would do in certain situations. So, um, you know, think about a lot of teams have certain things that they do, like they would give high fives or they pound fists or things like that. Anyway, or I see uh, a lot of teachers that they start their day by shaking each per- each student's hand as they enter into their classroom. Like, again, those are all sorts of things that sync, um, sync a group together. That it, Here's what it means to be a part of this group. Um, anyway, and it goes more into like what it takes to do, to sync together a group. But what was amazing was this thing that if groups are syncing together, one, the group as a whole does better. And groups in sync tend to sync more, right? So if there are things that sync a group together, like then there's they, they want to be more in sync. So it's almost like this snowball effect. And groups in sync are willing to struggle more. And for those of you that teach mathematics, if you look at one of the standards for mathematical practice, it's about uh, this idea of productive struggle, right? That we're going to have persevere in solving problems, understanding problems and persevere in solving them. Like that's something that if you're someone that teaches mathematics, that's one of our standards for mathematical practice that we will understand, pro- understand problems and persevere in solving them, right? Well, a group in sync is going to do that more, right? And so is willing to, they're group, Groups in sync are willing to struggle more and are willing to take on more pain even, right? So like I'm, I'm, it's okay if I'm, I'm like, gosh, I'm not doing as well as I want, but we're doing this together and then we're going we're gonna to fight through it. And you can understand that. You can see teams that do things uh, together that they might not be willing to do, like individuals might not be willing to do on their own, but they're willing to do it together. And, group and groups in sync are willing to help more. So that goes right hand in hand with that. So syncing is really is this a superpower, right? And so my thing is like, how do we promote kids getting in sync or have a sense of belonging within our classroom, right? So it might be using some terminology. It might be developing some sort of uh, some sort of codes that we use within our classroom. It might be developing. I've, I've actually heard of a, a teacher recently that does some practices where they have this lab experience where all of a sudden they're going to put on some sort of identity as a class. Like they're going to do pe- you know fractions, but they're going to act like pizza makers. And so they put on all the, the gear for being a pizza maker and they have pizza boxes and they're doing all this fraction work. You know, And then the next week it could be something else where they're scientists, but they're still working on uh, same sort of content, but they're putting on these different identities. Like that's part of their thing that syncs them together. Like, oh, what what identity do we get to put on this week? You know, they're probably not saying those specific words, but what are we going to do this week? Because in this in this room, we do these unique things every week. That's part of who we are. We are in sync together, right? And so you think about there's certain things that you know uh, teams and 
businesses and things will do that um, puts puts the group in sync together. You know, I also think of like Chick-fil-A, right? If you go to Chick-fil-A, you say thank you. They always say, my pleasure, right? And so that is, a, you know, one of their codes that syncs them together, right? That's what the, that's something that you do. That's something you expect. If you don't hear that at Chick-fil-A, you actually are surprised, right? But that is something that syncs that group together. So how do we promote some sort of syncing going on? So how do we introduce uh, making sure it's print? Like, like what's what are things that connect us together as a group? And if you can't find if there isn't something that's really tangible, how do we make things tangible? How do we introduce things like the idea of celebrations or like the idea of you doing doc conversations or having some sort of lingo that you introduce into your class to make it stand out, right? Or make your group stand out, whatever you're going to do, like making the language of your group be unique, right? So that it can be something that syncs the group together. So there's so much more in this book that we could get into, but I just know that uh, I've limited amount of time. But really when I think about the learnings here, when I think about managing your energy, managing the energies, ending well, and syncing is a superpower. So those are some of the things that I've taken off of this book, and I'm curious to hear what you think about some of these things. And again, I was only able to scratch the surface. Hopefully you've got the book yourself, or you've heard Daniel Pink on some other places, uh, other podcasts. And again, I'll put a link to the Story Brand podcast in uh, in the show notes at amadonplanet.com forward slash episode one. And I'm hoping that we can engage in more of a conversation uh, through the Amadon Planet uh, Facebook, uh, Amadon Planet podcast Facebook page, or through other social media uh, things that we can you know, talk more about this in the bonus episode that's going to drop a week from today. So that is all. I have for episode one of the Amazon Planet podcast. As you can hear, this podcast has me talking by myself a lot and putting it out there for folks to download, listen to, and engage. So given you are already listening, here are a few ways I invite you to engage. One, subscribe to the podcast in iTunes, Overcast, Stitcher, or Google Play. Lots of options out there. You can also follow the podcast in Spotify if you're someone that has Spotify. Two, share the podcast. Maybe you heard something that you know someone else needs to hear. So if you do that, if you do, just feel free to share it. Three, review the podcast through your preferred podcast provider. I would love to give a shout out to those who review the podcast like I did with Comp Nerd 101 last week. Love Comp Nerd 101. Thank you for reviewing on uh, iTunes. And also you can like the Amazon Planet Podcast Facebook page. There you can comment on the podcast, ask questions, or bring up angles on the content that was not mentioned in the podcast. This is especially important given that next week we will have a bonus follow-up episode to episode one where we will briefly review what was covered in this episode respond to questions and comments from social media and preview the next episode of the podcast also love to hear your ideas about what books or content to feature on future episodes of the on planet podcast so you can reach me via instagram twitter and facebook all on the handle at on planet i'll be looking for questions and comments related to the episode but i will also be looking for General questions as well. Again, suggestions for books to review or other content to feature on the podcast. In conclusion, thank you for taking the time to listen to episode one uh, of the Amazon Planet podcast. Special thanks to Alex Crosby for the music in this episode. Finally, thank you to all of you out there who are seeking to be better, teach better, and be the good in the world by investing in the lives of others. This world is a better place because you have decided to use the gifts you've been given to serve others. Thank you. Thank you. 
for all that you do. Peace.